0: This is Brenna Red from The Last Gang, and you're listening to 25,000 Miles Radio Podcast, which, if you don't know, is the circumference of the earth.
1: The gang is ready tonight, take the 42 north past electric to right. For so a few of us know it could never come the noise, noise, noise I kept it so close, but the words were spoken. It's the last episode when the buses stopped running and the flash led to right Head ahead, past the shoulders still the new music right. For so a few of us know it could never come dead. The music and nostalgia burns a hole in our heads. So close, but the words were spoken. It's the last episode when the buses stopped running, and the flash led to right head. I head past the shoulders to no the new music, right. Too so few of us know we could never compare. Too so few of us know we could never compare. Staggering down, dead memories, slain, deranged, grasping onto a. Path
2: thanks so much for doing the interview and welcome to the show. Now, Thank you for having me. Right off the hop, I have to ask you about the new album. Uh, it's been yeah. out for about a month now. It's your second release on Fat Records. How has the response been so far? Because it sometimes it takes people, you know, a little bit to warm up to the new song. So how has it been so far?
0: We've been, uh, it's actually been pretty pretty good response. Um, definitely bigger than the first album we had, because I think we have more of a fan base now too, but I haven't heard one like negative thing. Everybody's pretty excited about it. Cause it's just such a different, a different step from the previous album. And I mean it's still us like it, it always seems like yeah reggae and rock steady has always been a part of us but I guess we never really showcased that so it was really fun to do that but everybody's been loving it and like, really excited about it and I it just feels like you know they're expecting like a punk album but here's something that's like a different taste on your palate and it's something fresh but reminiscent but new so I it's been going really good really really good
2: <laughs> no, I mean it's a good album. I liked it.
0: Thank you. I appreciate
1: it.
2: Yeah, uh, I think noise, noise, noise is like it's on. It's on all of our playlists. So it like <laughs> at one point I was just like, man, this song again, you guys.
0: <laughs> it's all the time, all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, you know how it is. Like when you when you record an album, uh, at you know at first when you go to the studio, it's it's like wow, songs are. Just, I'm in love with them, and you want to listen to them all the time. And by the time you're recording, listening, and re-listening, and mixing, and meeting, then, then moving like the songs in what order, and by the time the album comes out, you're like, I never want to hear that song ever again, ever again. <laughs> but that hasn't actually been the case. Most of them burnt out yet by them.
2: When I first heard the, the song, the new song, Noise, 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 I was like, reggae, whole way through. All right. This is good stuff.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a, a different turn, a turn in direction. I, I hope a shock for people, but I don't think it is. I think reggae and ska and have always, and punk have always kind of gone together. Yeah. And, you know, the the influences, of course, like Joe Strummer, listening to The Clash growing up, listening to, like, Pressure Drop, and um, um, uh, just all these songs that they would cover, like Police and Thieves. And then when I got older, uh, well, not much older than when I was listening to them, and I realized these are mostly covers and then I heard the original like junior Marvin. And I'm like, Oh, this is a different feeling, but I get it. So it's always kind of been a part of me too.
2: Yeah. Well, and this actually kind of leads into another question I had, um, but it, cause you, yeah, you you're doing a, a reggae song the whole way through, but the first album, you kind of like dabbled with it. Like there's salvation. It, that one's with. like, you know, like there's a bit of a ska bit in it. And But, like, this one, you're doing you're doing the yeah. whole thing, so you, like, committed to it.
0: I was nervous. Not gonna lie, I was nervous, because uh, Noise, that song itself was, ha- I've written that one a long time ago. I would probably say, like, like, maybe even ten years, eight years ago. I had that, like, little nugget in my head. And I was always nervous to bring it to the last gang, because, you know, we were so straightforward, kind of, not straightforward, but just super punk-ish. And I'm like, When you do a song that has groove, anything that's just like a not a straightforward rock beat, just anything with like a shuffle or you have to be on, because if not, it's just it sounds so fake and forced. And so, you know, I was always worried. I'm like, could can we pull it off as musicians? And I think five years ago, maybe not. I think time because we've all been just. Practicing and getting better at our instruments, that we I think we were able to find that groove a little better. So I'm glad we waited.
1: Oh sure, yeah. I have <laughs> Sorry, to you. this
2: is my daughter Annabelle. Ask
0: away. I, I forgot.
1: Annabelle, to introduce. Yeah, it's nice to meet you. Yeah, it's Annabelle.
0: Hello, nice to officially meet oh, yeah. you. Hello.
1: <laughs> From the research I've done,
2: before you formed the last gang, you were in a girls' band called Savet.
0: And uh, mm-hmm. you played drums, right, for that band? Correct. Yes, I was the drummer of that band. I was about yes, sixty, I think.
2: When you went, when you formed the last gang, you switched to guitar and vocals. What made you decide to do mm-hmm.
0: that? I I remember me and my best friend, Little Kate. Um, we when we started our first band, the Eccentrics, back in the day. Um, she said something that stuck with me and I really wanted to do it. She wanted to be on stage and like sing to the crowd and like, look at them and like sing with them and chant and like have that bond on the front of the stage. And I always thought that was so cool. So when I started to learn guitar from, from playing drums, like my brother also taught me guitar. I just, I had this like desire to be on the front of the stage to make a, a more of a connection with people and like be the orchestrator of the night. I don't know. I just, something drew me to being that close. Like I I still had um, a really good time on drums and I did some backup vocals and I did my best to like connect with people, but it's really hard from back there and just being up front and being able to like share one emotion with the crowd of like the song that I'm singing. I might be like tearing up and we're all feeling this feeling right now. Like, Oh, oh, that's that's where the money's at, connecting with the audience emotionally.
2: So you worked on this album with Fat Mike and Yotam from uh, Useless ID. So how was it working with those mm-hmm.
0: two? Dude, it was so weird and like, I have to take a step back and go like, what the f***? This is my <laughs> life right now? Like, I would have never guessed it. I wanted it, but I never would have guessed it. Um... Yo Tom, he's like a melody master. So I made a point to try to listen as much as possible to like how he was changing chords and like doing things and really trying to emulate a few things. Like when I listened to stuff that he wrote back to us, I would try to take that and then do it in a different part in a different song if I could take him uh, some inspiration from him. But Fat Mike working with him was fast, very very fast. That guy can write songs like done and so yeah it was, it was really intimidating at first I went up there to a studio in his house and we were just jamming the songs on a, like a on acoustic guitar just kind of playing them and I remember him singing like oh you can go from this chord oh what if you do like the d okay then what if you did like you did like the d7 I'm like no no not d7 okay what about this chord this chord and he was moving so fast and I kept I couldn't keep up um with remembering so when I went up there again I made sure to like have my app on my phone phone like the recorder and i just like hit record and then like left it on the table and i'm like okay whatever we get okay we're done okay stop and then a new recording so i made sure like i had notes because he thinks so fast when it comes to musical terms
2: and like i think that mike really likes to use yotam with with a lot of artists because he's like yep Mm -hmm. you're you're the guy
0: he trusts them a lot. Yeah. They had a, I think they bonded music. I mean, I just assume, I, I, I've never talked to him about it, but the way they talk together, I, I assume they they've bonded musically where they both kind of, they're speaking the same language. And I think Mike trusts him. to just whatever, for the most part, whatever he does and touches, it's what Mike wants. And so he, he trusts them to just kind of go out there and help guide his, his artists.
2: Yeah. So you guys have been on tour a little bit. And uh, mm-hmm. since COVID has let up a little bit, how have the shows been? Has it been a little bit? Because I haven't been to a show since 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 COVID. So are they like a, a bit awkward now? I don't even know.
0: I mean, it's different for sure. And I don't think it's like super awkward because we didn't go from zero to 100. You know, we didn't go from no shows to like shows. It was a slow burn um you know we did some acoustic stuff and people we were doing it outside and this was like pre-vaccine and we were doing all masks all the time you know um everybody stay outside uh no inside whatsoever and then it slowly became fusion few shows inside and it was you have to have a mask on even if you're vaccinated because we can't tell and then it, it just grew into like okay if we're inside have a mask but if you're outside you don't have to have one because you're back so it's, it was just it's been like a slow turn into uh normalcy again so it doesn't seem so much of a shock um to do what we're doing because it's, it's what we do in our daily lives right now when we're going to the store or like visiting a friend we're just we're masking up and that's how it is at shows we're just on stage you know Definitely, if you don't have your own microphone as an artist, you have your own microphone nowadays. Everything is very like, this is mine. Um, But we're used to that. So besides that, as soon as we get off stage, we um, just pop our mask on, go into the crowd, and hang out.
2: Okay, because, yeah. Here, I've seen some pictures of some shows that have gone down, and everyone is sitting down. You have to sit down, and you have to mask up. And it's like, Mm -hmm. man, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'd want to go to a show just sitting down and...
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely weird. Yeah, all of our shows haven't been sit down. Um, I don't know. I don't know the numbers or anything, but I think maybe like more people. Like, there's like a, a the curve has really slowed down, especially in California. Maybe so. There's less risk of uh, greater contamination and spreading. So maybe that's why they're a little bit more relaxed. I mean, I don't think relaxed. I think you know we still have like mandates and like masks and like big festivals like punk rock bowling. You have to show your um, vaccination card or your um, negative test um, but I just think there's hopefully right now knock on wood but it's more and more safe and so we can slowly start to be going to shows like how we used to standing up getting next to each other dancing sharing that moment
2: yeah I hope I hope so Canada a little bit behind but we'll see <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know I I love me some Canada I think you guys are doing it right right now <laughs> like you did you know what you're super safe everything's I, I you guys are awesome i just want to come out there again i miss it yep, what's you. where are you guys located what what city are you guys uh, in we're
2: in a small town about uh from vancouver called salmon
0: arm mm-hmm. can try to find that on are, you, are you up or are you over uh,
2: we're over so it's between vancouver and calgary okay that big open nothingness that's us yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's us. Yeah. So like the place- My favorite place in Edmonton. Yeah, it's like the, just this random area in the map which is flat. Have you uh my favorite place if you ever get a chance to go to Edmonton, there's a place called the Buck, the Buckingham. Yeah, yeah. and it's a music venue, but it's also a vegan joint and they got vegan fried chicken and oh, that place is so good.
1: Party cake they have
0: spawned.
1: under the new-
2: like, who your influencers were when it came to, like, writing your
0: own music? It kind of all... You have your core of, like, who your influences are that have kind of stuck with you, like The Clash and Joe Strummer. Another big one for me is Elvis Costello with his lyrics. He's really... um I don't know. He's really abstract sometimes and he paints a really good photo with words. Um, but it also is just what's on my brain at the moment, like the current, what's like playing in my head. Is it a rhythm? Is it a beat? Um, you know, it's, it's so against me is always kind of in there too. Um, a lot of like, yeah, a lot of like rock steady and old reggae stuff. It was, uh, playing like Lee scratch Perry, Alton Ellis, um, just a lot of that kind of vibey stuff. So it kind of, that, I think that definitely bled into the album. Um, And who knows what the next one will be. Maybe my flavors, I've been really big into, I just cannot get enough like cumbia and reggaeton right now. All I want to do is listen to that on repeat. So maybe, I don't know, maybe the next album will have like some Latin flavors and it'll just have a Just just some maracas? (laughs) Yeah, just I just love, I love me cumbia. I, I, it's in my neighborhood all the time. Um, and I just love that feel, but yeah, I guess the, I think the core would be definitely Clash, Elvis Costello, that kind of vibe. It's always in my brain.
2: I was going to ask about the new video for Noise, 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 and you guys did it like the Warriors, which is really Mm -hmm. awesome. Did you guys go into it like, like, okay, we're going to do it like the Warriors or did that just kind of... Happen.
0: It kind of happened, kind of didn't. We started off having the um having the idea of. Do you know that music video "Walk" by the Foo Fighters?
2: I'm sure I've seen it. It's yeah. on
0: learning to walk again. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: He, they, they did like um a, a spinoff of that movie "Falling Down," falling out. I forgot the name of the movie, but they did a spinoff of that. And I thought that was really cool. They did like the movie and like these cool scenes to the song. And I'm like, I want to do something like that. And the song is all about like nostalgia. So initially we were planning on doing it like um, Stand By Me, like the iconic scenes in Stand By Me, like walking down the train tracks and like seeing a dead body and like all these things. But then our video uh, producer guy who we uh, were hooked up with, Vicente, he's like, do you trust me? And I've never worked with him before, but he's a friend of a friend. I'm like, yeah, what do you got? He's like, hear me out. What if we do the movie thing, but Warriors? And I was like, ah, I love it. Let's just fucking do it. Yeah. And he, he had this really cool, like, storyline concept. We had, like, we had call times and, like, s- like, set locations. And I'm like, I've never been in that kind of music video. So it was really cool. It was really fun. One of these days, I want to do – um. Like a movie, like a a, a, a music video, kind of like like how Prince and like Michael Jackson used to do them. More they like these like eighteen minute videos of like this builds. That would be really cool. One time I want to do that one time.
2: Yeah, that'd be sweet.
0: When is this uh, uh, interview airing? Uh, it'll be on Friday. So I can say this now because it'll be out by then. We're dropping another video on November second.
2: Oh, you heard it here first. Yeah. Yes. I know.
0: First secret time, secret time yeah. is nobody knows except for us yet. So November 2nd, um, since this has already been aired, go check out gimme action done by the same guy, Vicente Correro.
2: Awesome. There you
0: go.
2: I love getting things first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Woo. Okay. So fun time. Here we go. Yeah. Can you off the top of your head? So it might be tough. The story of the best show you've ever played, and then on the flop of that, the worst show you've ever played. Done. Oh, nice. Done. Quick.
0: Best show I've ever played, yeah. Best show I ever played. I, and I can go back and forth with, like, this was maybe this, but this is this stuck out, so I think this takes the cake. We played Edmonton. I believe it was Edmonton. Oh. And it was the Pumpkin and um, And I remember when we first showed up, it was, like, the size of a Costco. I don't know if you guys have Costco out there, like a a superstore market, uh, like huge warehouse. And uh, we walked in for setup. I'm like, this is going to be awkward. There's going to be like nobody here. We're like the first or second band and like no one's going to be here for us, but we're going to put on a good show, guys. And finally got set up and then like come call our curtain time. We like walk out and it's dark. And then like I see. All right, I hear like this rumble of people and I kind of like my eyes fix in the crowd and I can kind of see more bodies and the light show up and there's people to the back wall. And I'm like chills, like how I'm so excited. And then when um uh Carla, when we did Carla, remember I said I want to sing with people, I really want to connect, I wanna feel the same thing when Carla came on and we did the the call and response the oh 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 oh, oh, oh." when I did that I was like all right your turn I'm like do it like oh oh oh, oh, oh." it was so loud like I'm getting singing with us and oh that gets me that gets me every time that was good that was a really good one and then the worst one But we always make the best of the worst. We played a show in Kansas City, I think it was. And it was uh, a rad venue. It was really cool. Nobody. Nobody was there. Because I guess the promoter didn't do anything. Like, they didn't post it online. They didn't do any, like, Instagram, Facebook. Not on the website of the, uh, uh, or the calendar of the bar. There's no posters. There's no nothing. So when we showed up, it was just the sound guy. And we're like, okay. So we... We made the best of it. We did like a photo shoot upstairs because it was a rad looking place. And we just did um a practice. We had a free practice thing. But that guy for not promoting. Yeah. We played to the bartender.
2: Yeah. I mean, and like luckily
0: some like local drinkers hung out in the bar and they're like, We love you. And then we bought they bought like two shirts. I was like, All right, it's not a total loss.
2: Yeah. Woo. There you go. <laughs> you yeah, know, I got to see you guys Ooh. play in inside, Vancouver inside of my you That That was outside, right? That one was outside, yeah.
0: Was that the outside fairgrounds?
2: Yeah, yeah. The thing that I like about that is I was like, okay, I'm going to go get a hoodie. I'm going to go get a Last Gang hoodie. And I went, and I don't know who is running the merch, but I'm like, hey, can I get a large? And the guy's like, I got a large for you. And he leaves, and he comes back with an extra large zip-up hoodie, right? And he's like, the Last Gang, right? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, okay, here. And I'm like, this is extra large. And he goes, he goes, no, no, listen to me. He goes, you throw this in the washer, you throw this in the dryer, you got yourself a large. Boom. (laughs) And I was like, boom. (laughs) I'm like, you know what? Nailed it. I can't argue with that logic. I'll get that XL.
0: (laughs) So I want to know, I want to know the wrap up to that story. Did it work? Yeah. Yeah. It's like
2: one of the best hoodies I have.
0: (laughs) Nailed it. Yeah. So like, at first, I was like, "Oh no! Did our merch guy do something up?" No, nope. he knows. He knows. Yeah. He was just
2: like, there was like playing his day, and I'm like, I just always order a
0: size up. There changed your life, dude. Changed your life. I know. So
2: the last gang has changed everything for me.
0: Yeah. XL shrink it with some hot water. It's like a warm blanket now.
2: Yeah. Easy. <laughs>
0: there you go. <laughs> yeah. You knew it. Too. I love. I love the uh look. Trust me. (laughs) Perfect. I love I love the lean in and the I don't think I have that amount of
2: confidence to be like listen to me.
0: You don't know what you want. You don't know what you want. I know what you want. Oh This'll make you happy. We have one
2: last question for you here. What do you think the motivation is to keep going and to keep creating as an artist? Because, as you know, you've you've played for a while. You have multiple albums. Like it's it can be a hard road.
0: It's I would say it's kind of like if you don't have it, you don't know. It's to be like kind of weird about it. Like um, I don't know. There's no like logical reason. There's no. There's no like, oh well, because of this, then this happened in my life, so this is why I do this. I just think it's this undescribable need to do this, or else I won't feel complete. I won't feel like myself, and I, I, I I just don't. It's, it's like, I don't know. Like if you have to, I don't. It's so hard to describe. I guess I don't know. Like it is definitely. It's kind of obvious when you see. Uh, artists and bands nowadays and they maybe come out with a big splash and they're very popular and then they get to this level where they have like this like uh, success and then they just kind of fizzle because they're like ah, i made it i'm good it was just the thing to accomplish for them um those people don't have it there are the people that might think they do but it's this it's like oxygen i have to breathe i don't know what else i would do why do i need oxygen i don't know just to live it's just this i have to yeah, I mean you can get like the psychology of it and like why and it was part of my childhood. So that was my developing years about feeling accepted and needed and like not liking myself to liking who I am because I trust other people because as an artist they're fans and I go why respect. There's there's tons of different reasons why, but with all the uh, all of them summed up, it's just what else what else can I do? Hmm. This is all that I want to do.
2: Yeah. You got the bug. Yeah, I got the bug. Right. That's how that's how someone described it to me. They're like, "Yo, I got the bug." When you got the bug, you just you, you just know. When you know, you, you know. you got it.
0: You when you know, you know. Yeah. That's the the most simplest answer it is.
2: Yeah. And then I also had someone say, "No, I don't want to answer that." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, all right." <laughs>
0: Oh, <laughs> sure. I want to dig into that person more and why they don't want to
2: dig into He was just like, uh, no, no, that's a trap. I don't want that one. <laughs> I was like, alright. Moving
0: on. That's a trap! <laughs> I know. Why is that a that's trap? the least trapped question. I know. <laughs>